the Lord, praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap in the house. Well, there is power in the name of Jesus. We sing about it. We preach about it. We experience it. It's a wonderful thing. When I sit with the pastor in India, Brother Satish, Brother Hal, our general global mission director of the United Pentecostal Church International, he always would talk about Brother Satish uh, in a general conference about how many thousands of people he's baptized in Jesus' name in. And Trinitarian pastors, the thousands and thousands, and that's, uh, let's see, that's been about probably four years ago uh, when I finally uh, got to come to his state uh, uh, and uh, four or five years ago. Andhra Pradesh and be with him. So I asked him one day, I said, brother, oh, bye, brother. I said to him, uh, I hear the great revival that you're having and thousands and thousands and thousands of Trinitarian pastors and churches that you are baptizing in the name of Jesus Christ and I wonder what is your secret? What are you doing to uh, get these Trinitarians uh, and, and, and uh, to let you baptize them, the pastors, and then baptizing their whole churches? And he said, oh brother, he said, many people do not know the power that's in the name of Jesus. He said, brother, we speak the name of Jesus for healing. We speak the, name, the same name of Jesus over all, everything we deal with. We also speak the same name of Jesus when we're baptized in Jesus' name. He said, so I declare to the sick people of India in my, my state, third world country, much sickness there, poverty. It's, it's heartbreaking. I tell the pastor who's probably sick, one time we had a medical problem and we went to the hospital. There was no place to sit. I never seen a hospital so full. Uh, the waiting rooms were filled all the way up. People were laying in the floor waiting to see the doctor. All day long, they're in the hallway, thousands waiting to see the doctor. I never seen that in America. He said, so I tell the pastors, if you will let me baptize you in Jesus' name, when you, go, when you get in the water, 
And I say the name of Jesus over you, and I raise you up after you repent. Not only would all of your sins be forgiven you, but every disease in your body will be healed. And guess what? It happens. The Trinitarian pastor tells his church who's sick, sickly, if you will take baptism, here's what they call it. If you will take baptism in the name of Jesus Christ by Brother Sotish, then every disease in your body will be healed. He said, Brother, AIDS is healed. He said, Goiters fall off of people's neck in the water. He said, every disease, uh, amen. He said, and they come to me saying, why don't you baptize me? Can you baptize me, Brother Sotish, in the name of Jesus? He said, the American church doesn't get that. The Western church. I mean, he don't say you might get healed. He prophesies to them. When you go down in the water, I mean, you look at foot washing and communion, how powerful that is. But do you know that you can be healed of every disease when you take the Lord's blood and his body? There's healing in that. There's cleansing. And so I challenge you today. If you have been baptized in Jesus' name, then if you have not already been healed, I understand the Western culture. Believe me. I come back to America. I tell them, about sitting in a chair on top of a table with a barrier around me because the people are pushing so hard and, and will trample each other to get to me for prayer because they're so desperate. And they only let eight or nine of them in there. And on each side of me, there's a five gallon bucket and it's filled with olive oil. And all I have time to do because I have 10,000 people to pray for in that service. I am the only one that he will allow. <laughs> I am the only one that the pastor wants. He only wants me to pray for the people, not anybody else. That's not my deal. And, 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 and I tried to get him to allow the other preachers who do 75 pastors there on the platform. But he says no, and so I have to pray for everyone. And all I have time to do because of time and, and I've already preached nine services in five days. And I'm in the heat and I've already preached that service. And I have 10,000 people to pray for. So all I have time to do sitting on that little chair that you might buy at Dollar General, General, and I'm praying that I can keep most of my weight off of it because if I put my whole weight and even get relaxed on it, I might fall and break it. I mean, break it and fall, which happens a lot of times. But now I'm on a table because I have to be a pilot.
somebody to pray for them. And they come in. I did both hands. One in each five-gallon bucket. And I, my hands are covered with oil. And all I have time to do is say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And they bring in more. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. For five hours. Pastors in America, they couldn't take that. One guy told me they had two services, and I was up the first service, and I taught, and then I sat down, and they were worshiping, and some guy come up to me. He said, hey, don't sit down now. You've got another service to do. And I looked at him. If I wouldn't have just got out of that one service, I would have just slapped him in the face and said, you're stupid. But I didn't. I think like, boy, I can run circles around you. Don't be looking at this large white boy thinking that, that he ain't got it. And I didn't even address that. It just went, I just kept my seat. Because when I'm standing, you're sitting. Amen. But people come in. The translator says, this has demon, this has cancer, this has this. They name off all the things, and then they all leave, healed, delivered. Demons are cast out. I mean, one out of ten delivers from demons. And, and there's power in the name of Jesus. I don't have to say all the fancy stuff that I do in America. So I come back to America. I'm so excited. I tell our churches that God's a healer. I tell them that I just saw 12 people get prayed for and every one of them can see now and they were blind when they came. And, and, and I tell them, garters are falling off people and miracles are happening by the thousands. And then I say, if you're here and you need a miracle, it is your time. And I tell you, I've never been in, I've never seen so many apostolics that were well. Some churches, I can't get anybody to come and pray. Sit out here. Now, I'm not against it. We got medicine for high blood pressure. We got medicine for diabetes. We got medicine for anxiety. If you got something and nobody knows what it is, you can get medicine for it. But that doesn't mean that you're all right. You still have the problem. And medicine's really not taking it away. It's not curing it. You're not getting better. It's just a Band-Aid. And then you got to take it, and I got to take another pill tomorrow. And another one the next day. And another one the next day. And that's okay, because guess what? I have insurance. What does it cost to me? So it ain't no big deal. I'll just live with this. And you know what? That's, that's what happens with some people. And... Uh, So I will just share this with you. It takes us a while to get used to being back to America. We want to hurry up and go. We cry, to we cry when we leave, and we cry when we leave here. 
And life is just a series of goodbyes. We have to leave our family, our grandkids, all the things that we know here. I can't wait to get over there because I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm not going to have all the things I have here. When I go next Saturday morning at 4 o'clock, when uh, we get to the airport and fly out at 6 and arrive in Okinawa, Japan on Sunday night, their time, which is 14 hours ahead of our time, and uh, be whacked out with jet lag for about three months. But they don't have all these things. Now, it's a first world country, but I don't like Asian food, so I think the Lord helped me to do that, called me to Asia. So I'm enjoying all those hamburgers I can. Amen. Amen. Praise God. There's power in the name. We know it. Amen. God's here. Thank you, Brother Boggy, for allowing us to be here. Pastor, your lovely wife and family. And aren't you so blessed to have a great pastor and his wife? They have vision. Amen. They love people. Amen. They, they love this church and, and everyone in it. And I, I, I haven't got to sit down with him yet just me and him, for him to tell me about anybody in this church. And he, he didn't do it. Uh, and uh, and <laughs> that's a good thing. Praise God, praise God. My wife's going to come to the piano. And I tell you what, let's give it up. I know she's not in here. Well, what, you don't even know. Let's give it up for that young lady that played the drum set who kept the beat. And got all of those songs exactly right with the t t t t t. I don't know how long she worked on that, but you know what? That's hard. I was thinking like at first, you know, how much I'd like to play, but then I'm like, nah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and uh, I'm so thankful for my wife. You can give it up for her. <clears throat> Thirty-nine years in just a few months, we'll be married, and it's been great. She says that's a long time to be married to one man. I thank you like it was just yesterday. It's so wonderful. And twenty-something years, she's followed me around the world, traveled. First of all, eleven and a half years with two kids and a travel trailer. We went through three travel trailers, and. Our son was two weeks old when we put him in a travel trailer and started evangelizing back in the 80s and uh, 90. That, that's been a long time ago. Um, and I've never heard her ever complain, uh, never cried and whined about our lifestyle. And uh, I'm just so thankful for her help and all that she means to me and to the body of Christ, keeping me straight. And I love you, baby. Amen. I'm blessed, man. Amen. I don't mind telling you. If you want to know, I'll just tell you again. I love that woman. Amen. That woman. <laughs> Our
Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Well, let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame done all the stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Well, let me tell you about my Jesus. Well, he makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. There ain't no sinner that he can save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is wrong. The good news is that he'll do it for you. Oh, he'll do it for you. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Well, who can wipe away the tears from broken dreams and wasted years and tell the past to disappear? Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus and all the wrong turns that you would go and I knew if you could who can work it out for your good well let me tell you about my Jesus well he makes a way where there ain't no way rises up from an empty grave there ain't no power oh let me tell you about my Jesus his love is strong and his grace is free and the good news is that he'll do for you let me tell you about my Jesus there remind me out let my Jesus change your life hallelujah hallelujah Pay the price for all my guilty. Who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Well, he makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. There ain't no sinner that he can save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is that he'll do. Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Amen. That's right. None of you musicians and singers do that. Practice. Amen. Praise God. Well, I messed up one, two, three times. Never even got the course right. But, you Good know. Good job. Good job. That's all right. I'm not embarrassed that I didn't come to sing. Y'all just got to suffer through it. Um, but I tell you what, it was so wonderful this week. Um, as you turning in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, very familiar text of Scripture. All you that went out with us, that uh, was able to go out with us this week, uh, thank you so much for coming and spending two or three hours out on the uh, streets and handing out flyers and knocking doors in apartment complexes and housing communities. And uh, we had a tremendous time. And uh, God, on Thursday... I believe it was, yes, Thursday, uh, a lady, a young lady received the baptism of the Holy Ghost on her front porch, and I'm so thankful for that, and that was exciting to see, and, uh, and that was on her birthday, it was so awesome, and the different ones that come close, uh, we got to go in the back of some people's house and pray for people who had cerebral palsies and uh, heard all kinds of stories. But uh, uh, we also heard about people's troubles, and, uh, and they were honest, and we prayed with them right there in their house and made a lot of great contact. So keep it up, follow up, keep it up, and, and uh, we're just uh, excited about all the things that God is doing all across the land. Amen. Amen. And not just uh, overseas. I, I just saw uh, that uh, this week they had Spanish camp in the Illinois district. And I believe they said uh, uh, 215 received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. A Spanish camp in the state of Illinois. Wow. And uh, all around at camps, people are getting the Holy Ghost and in churches. And I tell you what, it is so wonderful I just saw a little clip uh, this, uh, this week on Facebook. Our church is in Paraguay. It showed a, a, a girl coming up in a wheelchair. She was totally paralyzed, and she stood, uh, she sat up front in that wheelchair, and they prayed for her, and they moved back, and then something like got all over her, and she started moving, and it, it started intensifying, and back to the point till she got herself out of the wheelchair and walked. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I have that on my Facebook. Also another clip in Ethiopia. Amen. They was in a, um, a, a stadium and the pastor, the minister gave the altar call for repentance. Uh, and before he could finish, uh, it shows a, a video of thousands of people running out of the stands down onto the field to get to repentance. Amen. And there were thousands of them, and it just showed it. I'm like, oh, Lord, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. God is doing a great work. 
and, and not just over there, but like I said already, in America. And it is great, it's a great time to be in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. It's a great time, great day. Amen, amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Oh, and it's so exciting to be able to speak the word of God. And uh, I, I wonder today uh, if there's anyone here, you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. Would you raise your hand if you've never received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Anyone here? Okay, I have one. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. And uh, there's probably more. If you're here and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, would you raise your hand? Never took baptism yet in Jesus' name. Uh, <clears throat> and so uh, how many need a miracle of your body today? Raise your hand. All right. <clears throat> Most of you is all well. I'm glad for that. Thank God. Amen. <clears throat> uh, tell us all your secret after church. We want to know. Have that fit life. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. So I prophesy to you today that if you're here and you have not received the Holy Ghost, that if you repent of your sins and you worship the Lord and you yield to his spirit, that according to the word of God, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To you that are sick and in need of a miracle, I prophesy to you that by his stripes ye were healed, by his stripes ye are healed, and signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. Amen. If you're here and you need deliverance in any area, I prophesy to you that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He's anointed me. Amen. To preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Heal that that is broken and wounded. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way. He, he rises up from an early, an empty grave. And there ain't no sinner. There ain't no situation that he can't take care of. Amen. 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 And there's nothing in you that's greater than the God that we serve. Amen. Or there's no sickness in you, child of God, that the God that is in you, amen, is not greater than. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Oh, I hope I'm not leaving out anything. Motel with grace. Some whoever made that gift basket. Ooh, I need to talk to you after church. Uh, amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you so much. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I would like to talk to you today on the subject, bigger than imagination. Oh, and we would tell our kids them stories and, and uh, you know, those, those, read those books to our kids and grandkids and some of them are really funny you know meanwhile back at the farm have you ever read that to your kid that's a great book uh, I mean uh, I mean the uh, the farmer goes to town his wife's left at home 
And, uh, you know, they're just, he drives his old dilapidated truck coming. And, uh, and, and she's there, and she's out digging in the backyard uh, and working hard, and she strikes gold. And the, the, the oil company's coming, and they, they, give her, uh, they, they give her millions of dollars, and they build a new house, and the man's in town. He's sitting at the barber shop smoking a pipe. And uh, meanwhile, back at the farm, and when he comes back, uh, he came and recognized the place because all these great things have happened. <laughs> Amen. You know, uh, you know, uh, and so, I'll Always Love You is another great storybook. And uh, it's uh, great to read to kids. But all of them, you know, the kids have a big imagination. And you've got to match it. And, and so, it's, it's really awesome. But, but God wants us to know that he is in the business of doing greater than whatever we can imagine in him. Whatever we're asking him for, amen, is nothing because he just was don't not only want to do and give you what you ask for according to his will, but he wants to give you greater than that. So I wonder if the church is at the point where we're ready to have a big, amen, have big faith and big imagination and quit settling for the, for the status quo, amen, hallelujah. Somebody said, well, we'd like to have a church that sits 500. Why not have a church that sits 5,000? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because I want you to know, no matter how big you make it, it's not going to be able to hold the people, amen, that come in during revival. Amen. And I want you to know we are living right on the cusp of it. We are here. God is doing a mighty work. Yay. Amen. It seems like that there's darkness all around you. But I come to, to tell you that the greater the darkness, the greater the light. And where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Don't think for a minute that God's going to leave his church out. Don't think that we're going to limp in to heaven. Don't think that we're going to be beat down and we're going to all be torn apart. I want you to know that he gave his life, his blood for this church. He purchased it, the exact words are, with his own blood and nothing can stop the kingdom of God and his forward march. Nothing, nothing, you that are on live stream, nothing can stop what God is going to do and what he's doing right now. It's so amazing, you know, what is the difference of light? Easy. Darkness. What is the difference of cold? What is the difference of right? Left. What's the opposite of God? There's no opposite of God. The devil is not. He's the opposite of God. There is no opposite to God. Amen. He is sitting all alone. Amen. He has all power in heaven and in earth. Hallelujah. He is the almighty God. And he has the situation in hand. 
T.F. Tenney, the late T.F. Tenney, left this earthly home on January the 1st, 2018. He left us impartation and a prophetic declaration because on May 27th, 2018, his last service at the Pentecostals of Alexandria, Bishop Anthony Mangum walked down to him with the mic in his hand, and he said, Pastor, he said, give us a word from the Lord. And the elder, the late T.F. Tinney, took the microphone, and he began to prophesy these words, and I quote, I hear it from the everlasting hills. The lightning of God is flashing from sky to sky. I see its illumination. Then the voice that I hear is none other, and it's the voice of God. The things that God has told you shall come to pass. I know that you have heard it before, but you're going to hear it again. The greatest revival in the history of the church, Tenney continues. A revival that's going to affect this city. It's going to affect this parish. It's going to affect this state. It's going to affect this nation. And you're going to be a part of it. Because it's coming to pass to the glory of God. He's made it wonderful. There is none other name in the heavens but the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And he gave the microphone back. Amen. These great men that have gone on before us, like Brother T.W. Barnes, Brother J.T. Pugh, have personally said the same thing. Their revival of the revelation of the mighty God in Christ is coming. Brother Pugh told me when I was with him, he said, Son, I may not be here to see it. But he said, You mark it down. The religious world is going to get a revelation of who Jesus is. It's coming to them, and they're going to get baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And I want you to know that it is happening. When they make void thy law, the word of God says, it's time for thee, O God, to work. It's bigger than our imagination. We can't see it. Just as we can't see eternity. We read about what heaven's going to be like, and we can't envision. Uh, we can only envision what it's like, but we've never seen mansions like that. We've never walked on streets of gold. If you have, uh, come and get me. I want to go with you. Hey, man, just give me one nugget. Uh, and we've never seen all of these things, uh, so it's hard for us to imagine. Uh, but I want you to know that the revival and the things that God is going to do, uh, amen, hallelujah, that's in the beginning stages. Uh, amen, it's bigger than your imagination. I want you to understand that there's a shift taking place in the supernatural that is being slowly manifested in the physical realm that we're in. I tell you, there is a shift. There is a breakthrough that is happening. And it's bigger than your imagination. <clears throat> Hallelujah. God told Noah to build an ark out of gopher wood, pitch it within and without. It was to be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. And in Genesis chapter 6, verse 14 through 16, and I quote verse 16, he said, Make a roof for the ship and leave an 18-inch high opening at the top. Put a door in the side of the ship. Build the ship with the lower, middle, and upper decks. 
How big was the door? He never gave dimensions for the door. You can just imagine. Go ahead. It's okay. Maybe it was the whole side of the ark. We don't know. But then God began to call the animals on board the ark. And Genesis chapter 7, verse 11 through 16 tells us all the different kind of animals that came on. Unclean, clean, two of each kind. And, and they got on board the ark. And I often wondered, how did those animals come on the ark? Was it Noah just step out on the ark and one day and say, hey, all you animals, come over here. Did he suddenly get, to, uh, get a new gift like the horse whisper, the animal whisper? And he went up to the giant, to, to the lion, and all the animals, he whispered in their ear, and they just followed him. I don't know, but I don't think that's the way, that's the way that it happened. I would like to believe Amen. That God instilled in the chosen pair of each kind a sense of impending doom and a desire to migrate to Noah and his ark for preservation. I believe that they were drawn by God. I believe that God drew the animals on board the ark. And if God can draw the animals, and if he drew them because his word says that you can't come to the Father unless his spirit draws you. Amen. He drew them and they had no choice in coming. And I said they had no choice. They couldn't say, well, I don't think I want to get on the ark. They couldn't think in their small brain like my dog does. You, When I used to tell him, get inside when he's outside playing. And he just can't seem to hear me. You think they don't have a mind. They're pretty smart. They rule the house. If he didn't get the attention he wanted, he grabbed the magazine rack, magazine out of the rack and laid in the floor and started tearing the magazine up because he wanted attention just like a kid did. And he didn't care what kind of attention it was. I mean, we go off and preach, come back. He meets us at the door. We have a lady from the church that took care of him, a young girl, and and she said, the old Sambo didn't eat very much. Yeah. And he's so happy to see us. And then we get in the, we get, to, oh, here he is. And then he comes over and he, and he raises his leg and he, he used the bathroom right on my foot. He don't ever do that except when I come home after being gone. He lets me know, you know what? I can't do much to you. You're a big old man, and I can't bite you, and I can growl at you, but it's not going to scare you. But I tell you what I'll do. I'll let you know how I feel about you. I'm like, oh, to kick you? Then I can't get my leg moving in time. He's already gone. You know if you have a dog. They're like a baby that never grows up. And if you have a cat, they're weird. Never see the thing. Sneaks around and comes up and acts, sounds like a motor. Whatever they do. And every once in a while they purr and you make them happy and then they slink off and you don't see them another week or two. You just put their food out to, you, and, 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 and clean their uh clean their little cage or whatever. And, they're, and you know everything's okay. Strange creatures. 
they don't listen to us very good. But when God gets a hold of people, they're coming. Brother Simon Dosh, his family was high up in the country of Bangladesh in the religion of Islam. Five times a day, the Muslims pray. They pray more than some Pentecostals do. He gets to be, he's the eman of the, and this is the person that takes care of the mosque. That's where they worship. And on the top of every mosque in these countries, in fact, Bangladesh, where we lived for 15 months, has more mosques in that country than any country in the world. It's the country of Bangladesh is this, a nation the, the size of the state of Wisconsin, and it has over 165 million people that live in it. And at the top of every mosque is a PA system, a big one. And every mosque in the country, even in America, they have a PA system on the top of their building. They're not made like this. They're made of concrete. The buildings are. And the first call to prayer comes at about 515 at every call to prayer, the evening goes up there and he turns it on and he starts praying and he's calling all the Muslims to prayer and every one of them are going off in the city. I'll tell you what happens. You fly over there 35 hours and you get there and you're so whacked out. You finally get to sleep. You're so happy. And then all of a sudden at 5.15, that things go off and you've never heard nothing like that in your life. You jump clean out of the bed and, and you wonder who's got their music on, but it's everywhere, loudly all through the country. Simon Dosh is in prayer and an angel appears to him. And tells him that what he is seeking will be found in a church where he is never supposed to go to a Christian church. This happens very often. The Hindus pray. They pray to over 330 million gods. The angel gives a song to Brother Dosh and tells him, when you hear this song saying, that's where you should go. And you'll find who God really is. 
So several days go by, and he's walking down the road, taking care of his business, and a church is playing this song that the angel gave him. And he goes in, and he finds Jesus. And he baptized in Jesus' name, received the Holy Ghost. Five different times his family has tried to kill him. They beat him to put him out in the woods, hoping the wild lions, you know, the Bengal tiger comes from Bangladesh. The language is Bengali, so it's taken from the lion. So they are active in that country. Furthermore, <clears throat> some of the world's most poisonous cobras are in India and in Bangladesh. But he survives every time, and he finally, after the fifth time, he escapes from Bangladesh into India, and he gets away. He doesn't have passports. Somehow underground, they take him. to Someone helps him. And he lives five years over there without his wife and family. He can't see his kids. He can't go back and get them. They can't come over because then they're watching them, and they will know where he's at. So after five years, he finally is reunited with his family. We think we have it so hard over here. We never had to deal with nothing like that. But now, and this is his Indian name, not his, not his Muslim name. So if anybody knows this on air, they won't be able to find him. Uh, but uh, he is now a licensed minister in the United Pentecostal Church of India, pastoring a great church. And he brought up his family in the church. His son is a pastor. And, uh, and his family is saved. And I helped pray them through to the Holy Ghost, his grandkids. And you know what? It gets bigger. Amen. Because he made a commitment to serve God. It got bigger than what he could ever imagine. Uh, now he's able to go back to Bangladesh and visit with his family and some of them and tell them about Jesus. Uh, amen. Don't give up on where God has called you and where he's brought you from. It ain't over yet because God is in the business of doing a work. Amen. Church. Uh, amen. I want you to know that we have to be ready to be a midwife. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's time that we get equipped and we get ready and don't wait for this to happen and then try to get ready. We need home Bible study teachers. We need discipleship teachers. You know, Matthew 28, 19 says, Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe 20 teaching them to observe all things whatsoever have commanded you. You know, when we teach them about baptism and about the Holy Ghost, then we also, somebody's got to teach them about all the other things we observe. Amen. So we teach them, amen, to get them grounded in the faith. And then we have to teach them to observe all other things in discipleship courses. Everybody. has got to be on board. Let's see. Help me. The prophecy in Joel. Peter repeated it on the day of Pentecost. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters 
Your young men shall. Your old men. And upon your handmaidens on that day will I. You see, the pouring out is going to affect everybody. And we need everybody. Children, the maidens. We need the young women. We need the young men. Amen. Everybody to do their part. Do you understand that what it says there? said they're going to see visions. Old men are going to see it. They're going to dream dreams. Everybody is needed in the, in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost day. And it's here. You better get your chart. You better sharpen up and put it to practice now. I kept preaching to my church about winning souls. And so, Lord have mercy. Now, I'm just remembering. Last week, I was in Chicago at a PAW church that said about 700 people. Saturday night, I taught a seminar on helping people pray through the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit. And I was preaching two and a half hours on Saturday night. Taught. And then Sunday, it was an all-dayer. Boy, could those people get down. I mean, at 1145, when they opened that back door... And everybody stood up. Super good. Super good. And the suffragan, the pastor, suffragan, bishop came in, and I was right behind him. And everybody clapped. The ushers had white gloves on and matching coats. They did it all upright. The music team had been warming up. And I just wanted to see them. I, I just, I thought that was good enough right there. I was ready. But they were just warming up the choir. And they were already dancing. And one girl, I came out a little early. And she had brought her, the lady had brought her sister. And she wanted the Holy Ghost. And I said, when do you want the Holy Ghost? She said, well, I can get it right now if it's okay. So she had already been praying through to the Holy Ghost. And she had been talking in tongues, amen, the, until service started. And that was just warm up. And we all followed up there. My wife had to come sit right up there by me. He had all the staff up. I mean, it was something else. I loved every bit of that. So don't worry about the time. Every once in a while, just say, well... I mean, that keyboard player, he kept looking. I got to preach the way. He kept looking at that organ. And about two times when I looked at him, he was looking at the organ. The second time, I said, get on up here. I said, I know what you want to do. <clears throat> he got up there on the organ. And I said, well, and we went on and had some more church. What a highlight. Amen. We have to be prepared for what God is going to do. Teach and teach and teach. So I got out of my comfortable chair at my house when I pastored, and I went next door. Miss Lee was the 
she had lived the longest in my neighborhood, longer than anybody there. So I went to her house. I said, Miss Lee, how are you? She said, I'm fine, Reverend. She called me Reverend. And I said, Miss Lee, I'm starting a Bible study, and it's non-denominational Bible study, and it's, it's at my house, and we're going to have it every, excuse me, every week, and it's the neighborhood Bible study. And I said, we would like for you to come. We're not going to discuss denominations. Uh, we're not going to argue. We're just going to talk about the Bible. We're going to start at Genesis and go through Revel to Revelation. And we're just going to have a great time of fellowship. We're going to have some snacks. And my wife may every once in a while cook some good old southern fried chicken. And, uh, and uh, so uh, that was big in Wisconsin. They didn't know what that was. Uh, and, uh, and I said, I'd like to have you. She said, well, she said, Reverend, you know, my dad was a Lutheran pastor. She said, I'm a Lutheran, and I'll be a Lutheran until I die. I said, oh, that's great, Miss Lee. You just, uh, we're not trying to uh, get you to stop being a Lutheran. We just want you to come over and be a part of it. She said, what day is it? I said, oh, well, that's the thing, Miss Lee. I said, I was just wondering what day and time would work for you. And she said, she told me the day, and she told me the hour, and I said, thanks, Miss Lee. She said, who's coming? I said, well, I believe that all the neighbors will be there. They're going to get an invite. I said, they'll, because the next stop was the next neighbor. And I, I, I knocked on her door, and she was a good Catholic lady, and I said, uh, I said the same thing to her. And then I said, Miss Lee's coming. She said, Miss Lee's coming? I said, yeah, she's coming on such and such night, such and such time. And uh, she'll be there. She said, well, if Miss Lee's coming, then I'll be there. And I'm like, whoa, hallelujah. And then I went to Mike and Amy Clark, and I knocked on their door, and they were living right behind me. And they said, well, we're Lutheran. And I said, oh, that's great. I'm so happy for you. That's wonderful. And I said, Miss Lee's coming. And whatever the other <laughs> lady's name is. And she's coming. And Mike and Amy said, well, they're coming? Yes, well, we'll be there too. So they all showed up. That Bible study went for three years. Now, Miss Lee quit coming. The other lady quit coming. But Mike and Amy Clark kept coming. I baptized both of them in the name of Jesus Christ. They received the Holy Ghost. They told their family about it. Amen. We had barbecues. Amen. We just kept teaching every week. I taught stuff I knew. And then when I quit, I went back and taught stuff I didn't know. And then I went over the same Bible studies I taught when I started. I just kept teaching. And, of course, they had vacation time. And we had camp time. We had time. But they always wanted to get with us. And we got to where we went to their house. Amen. And then they started calling me pastor. And it took a while. But Something took place. Mike had had a stroke. It took him forever. He just wouldn't let go, even though he saw it. One night he was sitting out there in the wheelchair. One half of his body was paralyzed. And he come wheeled himself up there. He'd already been filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said, Pastor, I got to talk to you. And I leaned down. I said, well, brother, like, what's going on? He said, brother, he said, Pastor, I'm ready to get baptized in Jesus' name. And I said, okay. So uh, they took him in the back and changed him into a robe. I don't know how they did it. But the lady who took care of him went to our church. And she went. She knew all the stuff to do. And he came out. And then I thought, oh, he's a big man. How could I get him up those steps? But you know what? He just threw himself out of the wheelchair. A retired businessman. 
proud man. But he wanted to get baptized. I would have never imagined. It was bigger than my imagination. He threw himself out of his wheelchair and he limped himself up five stairs, five steps. And then he turned himself around and he scuttled on his bottom uh, down three uh, until he finally got in the seat. Now tell me you can't get baptized. Uh, tell me your excuse why you don't want to get baptized. Uh, amen. Well, this and that. Amen. I want you to know. Uh, amen. That God wants to do bigger than your imagination in your family. Amen. If you'll just keep on. If you'll get connected. If you'll get sold out. If you'll get committed to this. Come on somebody. Get committed to the Bible. Get committed to God. Get committed to this church. Get committed. This half in and half out business. You ought to be that ought to be enough of that. You can't get Beyond imagination, riding the fence. Amen? It's to committed people, sold out people, that when the pastor preaches it from the book, that we say, yes, I'm going to line up, not to the pastor, yes, but to the book, to what the pastor is preaching. I'm not going to argue with it. Amen? I've done it for too long. Amen? I'm going to line up to the Word of God. And I baptized him, and then he did just the opposite. Had to have everybody just turn around and worship God because he'd come down with that robe on. But you know what? Two weeks later, he had another stroke. I go see him in the hospital. The Lutheran pastor was there. They even did his funeral. I went to his funeral. They talked about all oh, he was baptized when he was a baby. They did all that, and I just was snoozing. Everybody else was asleep, too, at the funeral. I had sit on seats that was about that wide when I'm that wide. I'm thinking, like, more. there's no wonder Pentecostals can't come to a Lutheran church. They don't have pews big enough for us. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> and as uncomfortable as they was, he went up there and he preached a while in another pulpit. Then he came down and then he, whatever he was doing. He went up there and he came down. I was like that. I'm like, man, just settle down. Hey, man, I want to go to sleep. And really, I did, but it was hard to stay awake. And so I waited in the hospital until the pastor that baptized him where he was a member of. He got out of there and I went in there. He looked up at me and said, Pastor. I said, yeah. He said, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Wasn't very long after that, he went to meet the Lord. I don't care how they buried him. Didn't bother me at all. They didn't acknowledge me and say, oh, didn't matter. But I tell you, somebody's got to teach them. You are your brother's keeper. The pastor can't do everything. Everybody is responsible to win one and to keep one. Not just win them, keep them. Disciple them. Go after them. Go after them until that young lady that got the Holy Ghost and all these people 
that you had good contacts with. Go after them and knock on their door till they won't answer or they tell you don't come back. Go, go, go. It's a matter of life and death. John 6, 44. No man can come to me unless the Father who has sent me draw him. That word draw is hil kuo. That means to drag. And he says, I will raise them up at the last day. Or I will raise them to life. See what he's doing? He's drawing people. He's dragging them. Just like he did. I was at, in Sheridan, Arkansas preaching. And I, I came in and about five minutes before service started, shaking people's hands. And I went to the back and I saw this. Uh, and I, I shook this woman's hand and, and I said to her, Oh, uh, is this your first time here? And uh, she said, Yes. And I said, Well, it's my first time here too. In that church. And I said, I'm Mark. I didn't say I'm the missionary, holy reverend, bishop. They don't understand all of that. In fact, in Wisconsin, I would tell our people would call me pastor. I mean, I have, it's really weird. You know, you do that, it's okay. We're, we're down south now, but you know, uh, to, to the unchurched, it's really weird. Uh, this is my wife, Sister Harris. And they're looking at you like, his wife's his sister. You know, I had people in Wisconsin, they came in, they called me Father Harris. I didn't call my wife sister because they're like, how's the father? He's not even supposed to, he's missing. You know, that's really confusing, like I'm my own grandpa or something. But you do whatever you want to. I know our culture, but you know, we got to minister to a culture that's not Christian. Sorry to say, but 50% of Americans are not Christian no more. And many others don't even believe the Bible is the unadulterated Word of God. We got people in this, in this nation that have never heard about Jesus either. In Japan, 98% have never heard about Jesus. There's people in America never heard about Jesus. John 12, 32, and if I be lifted up, I will, hell kuo, I will drag all men unto me. The word, again, draw. Amen. Some of you, you're like the disciples. You're, they were on the shores of Galilee, and Jesus came up, and he asked them, have you caught anything yet? And they said, No. We've been out all night, and we haven't got nothing. And the Lord said, cast your net on the other side. Do it again. Go again. Like the servant went. When the prophet said, go again. And he went seven times. Go again. Amen. And then Peter said, you know, we've all, oh, well, nevertheless. Yeah. 
at thy word. Somebody needs to go again. Amen. And throw your nest on the other side one more time. Invite somebody one more time. Amen. Try to get a Bible study one more time. Be ready. Amen. One more time because this may be your time. Amen. It's revival days. That woman, she said to me in the church she shared in Arkansas, she said, I, 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 don't, I don't even know why I'm here. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, I go to another church. And she said, me and my kids, we're all dressed up, and we're on our way to our church that we've been going to for all of our life. And she said, the Lord speaks to me, I believe it was. And he says, you're not going there tonight but you're going to this church. And I'm here, but it's like somebody took the steering wheel and, 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 and I didn't even, I don't know why I'm here. This is not my church. And I said, I know why you're here. I said, God's got something special for you. Well, at the end of service, when she came down to receive the Holy Ghost, God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Minister her about inner healings. The gifts of the Spirit were in operation. She began to get some healing, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And I left. I don't know what happened after that. But I tell you, God's in the business of doing this, and this is happening today. I was in Kentucky a couple months ago. We had old-time revival. I mean, we had like... Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know, was I going to be able to make it? There's a little boy there. Only his grandma knew she took care of him. 49 warts was on that kid's body. But in one night... His grandma said, we counted them together. And she said, the next morning, there was not one wart on his body. Yeah. Beyond imagination. Amen. People getting out of wheelchairs, May 2022, just last month. Since 2021 in services we have been in. Over 400, my wife told me this morning, have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the first time. People getting the Holy Ghost in their pews without ever having the altar call given. Amen. I want you to know uh, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, spine and fingers uncurling, uh, and backs being healed. Uh, people getting wheelchairs out of wheelchairs in West, uh, in West Texas. Amen. Uh, God doing a mighty, mighty work all across the country. A man with stroke was healed in Arkansas. I want you to know this is our day. Amen. And God's... Uh, doing mighty things, and we haven't seen the best yet. He saved the best wine to last. Amen. And it's going to be bigger than imagination. Nothing can stop it. Only your lack of faith if they come in 
and we don't take care of them, we, can, we, we say, well, I wonder how long they'll make it. Well, I wonder how long you will follow through with them to see if they make it. Again, this is going to take everybody, every one of us being involved in the kingdom of God. We sing that song. Let us become more aware of your spirit. Let us experience the glory of your presence. Your presence, Lord. Do we really mean that or is that just words? I want to experience the glory. I thank you for your presence and your power, but I want the glory to come. Amen. I want your glory to come. Amen. This is no time to fall asleep. There's work to be done. Noah and his sons had to build. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God, give us boldness in this last days. Amen. That we can say to the diseased and afflicted and bound and tormented and broken, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. I hear the cry of the Lord as he says, walk in the world for me. Be my hands, be my feet, be my mouth. Amen. Because you are the body. We are the body of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. They're crying out. Amen. There's miracles yet to be had. Amen. There's, there's revival yet to be had in this city. Amen. We're not changing our message to have it. We're not compromising our separation. Amen? But we have to work on our methods and be prepared. Because when it comes, A deluge. Don't let it take you unaware. Let's all stand. November 14, 2020, as I was praying early in the morning, I was so happy to share this word and vision, dream. Jason Cisco, and I sent it to him because he requested it. In my talking with Brother Lee Stone King, I shared it with him different men it all just confirmed what they had already been saying at 6.30 a.m. the Lord spoke to me and he said thus saith the Lord the revival that I will send shall be like a flood it will be a great flood because your fastings and prayers have come up before me as memorial and I will pour out my spirit like a flood. 
Nothing shall be able to stop this flood. No government regulations or laws can stop it. Everyone that gets in, in it, it will be like the impotent man that made excuses why he couldn't get in the pool. But yet, he got in and he was made whole. And when this river comes, it will be for cleansing, healing, and wholeness. It will not be ankle deep, knee deep, nor hip deep, but it will be waters to swim in. And with joy shall people draw waters out of the wells of salvation. This river that I speak of, says the Lord, it will cross all denominational barriers and all racial and cultural barriers. I will have a people, says the Lord, and I will manifest and demonstrate my power and my glory as you have never seen it. I got up on my feet. <clears throat> and what got me so excited, that last part, oh, oh, it was so exciting, but he said, I'm going to demonstrate my power and my glory as you, as it, as like you have never seen it. And I began to remember And in Bangladesh, we saw 9,000 people get the Holy Ghost at one time. Miracles, signs, and wonders. In 2020, before we came home in the country of India and two crusades, 8,500 people received the baptism of the Holy Hindus. At one, one day, in the country of Bangladesh, Every minister was in the water and 1,150 Muslims were baptized. And when the Lord said, you have never seen what I'm going to do. It's going to be greater than what you've ever saw. That excited this missionary. Last week in that church in Chicago, 10 people for the first time received the Holy Ghost. Backs were put back in order. Spines were put. People put their canes down and their walkers and were healed all across the place. Not because of me. And I'm like, it's going to be greater than that. Can you imagine greater than what you have ever saw? And you have, you have your stories. I'm happy for it. And if I could allow you, you could come up here and talk about great things. that you have saw, but whatever we have seen, God's going to do great.